So we turn to the word of the Lord for us this morning in this Lenten series of Matthew chapter 25. The uh, parable that we know so often maybe as, as uh, called the parable of the talents. But we know that in this parable Jesus is talking about more than, than just talents. That is a, a weight of measurement of wealth as, as he talks about maybe the bags of gold. It's more than, than just that, because what Jesus, as a, the landowner, is, is speaking about, he tells us that he gives to us that which is of his, uh, his wealth, his, his, uh, his land ownership. And it's more than just gold. It, in fact, this gold, if you would weigh it out, would be around $1.5 million, a lot of, of wealth, a lot of blessing, a lot that which is the landowner's which he abandons to those of his servants, which he gives to us more than just monetary wealth. Wealth It involves all of life and its resources, which the landowner asks us to manage for his glory. Some with uh, uh, the, the management of, of, of much, five bags. Uh, some with a lot, two bags, and some with one. And it's not a, a call of comparison that, that the landowner gives us each the call to manage uh, his wealth, his blessings, his kingdom, all of life and its resources. But that, he's given that to us to manage. And so as we work through this word of the Lord today, let's go to um, verse 14 and hear how Jesus kicks off this parable saying, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. He calls his servants and entrusts his wealth to them. And so here we are. Beginning again in verse 14, we're going to be moving on through uh, this parable today into verse 19 in a moment. What we get into this day in the, in the reading of this parable and in hearing of this word of the Lord is an underlying element of the landowner. We get to see a little bit of an insight into his heart into his life, into what he's thinking, into why he would even give over his wealth to these servants to manage. And what it has to do concerning for this landowner is, is a matter of passion. Passion matters in life, doesn't it? Because what we're passionate about is what we pursue. What are you passionate about? What is it that in your life you long to pursue, and in fact, you um, make priority in life to pursue those passions, maybe even at the expense of something else in life. And sometimes those passions, we know, um, get in the way of, of those things that God has called us to manage in life for his glory and praise. They get in the way sometimes, these passions of ours, of, of our faith. They get into the way of, of our relationships. They, they get in, in the way by rearing their head in, in greed, in, in selfishness, in those sinful kinds of attributes that we see even in, in those servants, particularly uh, that one servant uh, who, who buried his master's wealth because he was afraid. What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about this privilege we've been given to called to be the, the stewards, the managers of the king. Are you passionate about that? Are you passionate, pas are you passionate about the kingdom to which you belong, called into by the very blood of Jesus? 
Are you passionate about the work of this kingdom? This work that we belong to in a place called Bethany. In this fellowship that we share with the mission of sharing the life and love of Jesus Christ with all. Doing that in a very unique way, certainly right now, in this uh, unprecedented time. But that, that, that mission of the Lord and that mission of the Lord in us has not changed. We might just be doing it differently a little bit right now. And are you passionate about the changes that the work of this kingdom brings about in people's lives? Like your life, the changes brought in your life and, and mine as I know. And, and like we experienced last week with Trayvon being baptized. The, the changes that it brings into a person to go from, from darkness to light, from despair to hope, from curse of sin and death into the promise of everlasting life. You passionate about that? Are you passionate about being held accountable to the privilege even of managing life and all of its resources for the kingdom? Now I asked you that question today because this really gets at the heart of verse 19 as we hear about the landowner returning and what he's passionate about. In verse 19, we hear, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. That might be a very easy kind of verse to just pass through in the reading of this parable, but it carries some very deep freight. It carries with it an, intentional, an intentionality of the passion of this landowner in, in the reason of why he gave his wealth to these servants to begin with. First of all, we hear, after a long time, the master of those servants returned. That is, he intentionally moves back towards these servants for a purpose. There's an intentionality, a purpose for the landowner returning and engaging back into the lives of these servants. And the way that he engages in their lives is he settles his accounts with them. That is, what he's doing is reasonably in making sense of finalizing the transaction with, an out, with a reasonable outcome or expectation. What he's doing with his servants is not uh, foreign to their understanding. It's not unreasonable. It's not something beyond their expectation. This is something that we would recognize as a typical uh, uh, passionate kind of expression of the landowner with his servants who is expecting now to settle his accounts with them. And what we see is the landowner's passion. He wants to know, hey, what have you, my servants, done with what I've asked you to manage? I'm excited to see the outcome of how you've managed life and all of its resources for my blessing, for my purpose, to the glory of my name. And we know as we read this parable, we're reading it in the context of the kingdom of God. That when the Father sends his Son, Jesus, to return in the passion of what he's abandoned, all of his kingdom to us to manage, to steward, he returns with an interest to know, hey, my children of redemption, what have you done? How have you managed the blessings of my kingdom that I've given to you. Some five, some two, some one. But all of you have been given the blessings to manage in life. 
What have you done with them? This is a reasonable expectation of our God among us. And this is where we find ourselves then in this, this Lenten journey. We find ourselves in the roles of these servants to whom the, the kingdom has been abandoned to. The work, the mission of this landowner is, is ours. And what have we done with it? So we come before the Lord this day in, in this parable, again confronted with the realization that, Father, we have not managed as stewards your kingdom very well often. Oftentimes we are pursuing passions that aren't glorifying to your name, that aren't using the resources of life for your purposes, that really those passions have me as the God on the throne of my life rather than you. And I find myself so often like that servant who buried their treasure. There's a lot of things, Lord, that I could be doing for your kingdom's sake. But because of fear, of selfishness, of my greed, it's as if I've buried those blessings in the ground. And then you don't receive any glory, any praise, anything for your kingdom's sake. Father, forgive me. I deserve to be thrown out of your presence. I deserve to be where there's gnashing of teeth and darkness and separation from you. That's what I deserve in the way that I've treated what you have so freely abandoned to me in my life. But I, we, Lord, plead before you today, be forgiving. Be compassionate and patient with us. Don't stop abandoning your grace and goodness and the blessings of your kingdom to us. But renew in us again a right spirit that draws us into the truth of who we are. I am somebody, Lord, who's passionate about you, about your kingdom, and about your ways. We can say that, that we're passionate about the kingdom, because we know the passion about our Heavenly Father that he has for us. You heard that, as Sue read just a minute ago in Romans chapter 5, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that's the closing part of that, uh, that verse. That peace with God, which was won for us out of the passion that our Father has for us in giving us his one and only Son, Jesus, who died on that cross, who himself was abandoned, tossed out, where the Father gnashed his teeth, so to speak, towards his own Son as he bore the the sinfulness of our greed and sinfulness and lack of passion for the, for the kingdom, but, but only looking after ourselves. Jesus died to forgive us there, to bring peace in our, our hearts, our souls, our, our lives with, with our Heavenly Father and His kingdom. And we hear this because we have been justified through faith. That's a way that we can know that our account has been settled that when the landowner returns one day, our account has already been settled in the death and the resurrection of that justifying work of Jesus Christ. Our accounts have been made right with our Heavenly Father to be claimed as His sons and daughters. All is at peace now. Now to live in the truth and the passion 
of what we know as forgiven people as these tenants of the Lord, passionate about his kingdom. Again, Paul would say, the Spirit in chapter 5, uh, verse 2, we now, as his people, boast in the hope of the glory of God. Is that not our passion, my friends? The hope of the glory of God, even in these kind of unprecedented times, to manage our lives in the love of neighbor, the love of, of, of God as we would love ourselves, right? The passion of the Holy Spirit, which now comes out in us, even in these kinds of days, to know the privilege we have and to, to live out that privilege in a passion for the Lord and his kingdom. Paul would go on to say, you know, not only so, not only do we glory in, our, in the Lord, but we glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and, and character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. His passion, his love for us gives us that Holy Spirit. And friends, as we live in these days called to grasp this privilege as his tenants, as his, land, as his servants, the, the, the one who the landowner has abandoned all of his kingdom to us, not only do we grasp this truth, but so we also seek to employ it. I got behind here a little bit on my slides for you in the joy of proclaiming the word of the Lord. But all of these resources that we've been given to manage, we do so with a passion for his kingdom. For passion matters with what we do with the, the grace that we've been given. The, the fruit of the spirit that lives within us. Those abilities and talents and skills that have been honed over a lifetime. The gifts of the Holy Spirit which are lived out in us for the glory of his name. And then all of life and its resources that we, we've been given to manage for the passion of his, of his kingdom. Well, this matters. And we see how that matters as the Spirit lives within us. Our, our Bible verse that we're memorizing for uh, this month is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The Spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. In other words, we don't live in cowardly kind of fear or timidity. No. The Spirit that God gives us makes us and gives us power. We live in love and exercise self-discipline. Hmm. That's what defines our passion. And passion matters in the pursuit of our lives, especially as the Spirit would define that for us in this uh, description of self-discipline. To embrace that bigger picture of the Lord, His will, His kingdom being lived out in my life. Expressed in love for neighbor in these unique times. As it's expressed in love for God and the passion of His kingdom. Friends, I began this morning by asking you, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that the Spirit now in hearing the word of the Lord and finding your place in this parable, what is the Spirit of the Lord urging you to be passionate about now and in the days ahead? Uh, days ahead, What are you passionate about as you're called to manage life and all of its resources for the King? Longing for His return but, and, and ready for His return, 
Our accounts have been settled in eternity. And now we have the joy of managing these resources for his purpose, for his glory, for his passion. A passion that the life and love of Jesus Christ would be shared with all for their salvation in the grace that we know of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That call of the Spirit moves us to confess our sins so that we might be forgiven and know that forgiveness of God's grace among us today. Friends, come and let's confess this morning. You can join with me as you speak aloud these words as we confess our sins. Heavenly Father, as your people, we long for your word to lead us into all truth. Like a double-edged sword, pierce our souls in contrition for our sinfulness and cut away that which keeps us from walking in your ways. We repent that as your stewards we have failed to grasp the privilege we have been given to manage all that you have given us. We repent that we have neglected the faithful managing of all of life and its resources that come from you. Forgive us. We repent that we have not taken seriously the anticipation you have for us concerning our work in your kingdom. Forgive us. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. In his name we repent. Amen. And so as the Lord hears our repentant cries, so he forgives us our sins. The abundant provision of grace that's poured out on us in Christ Jesus our Lord. That settles our accounts with him in eternity. That brings us peace with our heavenly father and the joy of the passion of managing his kingdom for his glory is ours, my friends. As the Holy Spirit lives in you and draws you to himself. As you are his son or daughter, a child of the living Lord, a brother and sister in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And let God's people say, Amen. Amen.